hackingmusic.com. Hello and welcome to the Hacking Podcast. Uh, back on hack, which is like back on track. Mm. <laughs> that was the one you thought of. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the one, uh, unfortunately. Um, we're joined today by Kirsten Scheel, lead designer in Brown Bag and uh, illustrator animation person well designery person extraordinaire or who does drawings mm. yeah i do the drawings mm. <laughs> that's generally how i describe my yeah. job to my extended family yeah um, and maybe that's it yeah that's good just like okay this is behind the scenes this is all staying in this is the type podcast i like to make so we're recording in A4 Sounds, the multi-art disciplinary uh, practice space. I, just, I don't know entirely. It's my studio space anyway. So I don't usually record podcasts here, but it is a Sunday. So I figured people wouldn't be around and we could give it a whack. And it's nice and central. Yeah, you know? and, it's, and it's quite stormy. Yeah, it is very stormy. Storm Dennis. Yes, that's okay, the one. Okay, I got it. it. Yeah. Um, what will be next week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, of course, it's all uh, a hoax, as we all no, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> all these rising storms, they don't mean anything. It's all grand. Everything's <laughs> fine. Um, sure, this is what it was like 50 years ago. Yeah, probably. <laughs> as far as we know, you know, it's all just... Um, they just don't want the working man to have a, you know, a good shake at things, you know? <laughs> um, so, I guess um, we'll start off... Um, I want to know a bit more about your background and who who is Kirsten? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, where are you, fr are you from Dublin originally or are you from Essex? I, I am, yeah, I'm from Dublin. Um, my accent sometimes can sound, people think that I'm American. If they oh, really? Hear, yeah, if they I hear mean, I suppose the, the name as well, it kind yeah, of like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not really an Irish yeah, name. <laughs> it makes you think for two seconds, you're like, yeah, because it's, it is a very neutral Dublin accent. So, yeah. you know, if it was more pronounced, you'd be like, oh, they're from Dublin. But then when it's like, where, well, they're not from Dublin. And their name is Kirsten, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, and people say Kirsten, it's like Kirsten, Kirsten yeah. and all sorts. What um, is your preferred pronunciation? Kirsten is the only one that I'll accept. Okay, cool. But yeah. um, my name gets mispronounced so often that I don't even correct people anymore. I just go, yeah, whatever you just said, that's my name. <laughs> like I've yeah. been called, my doctor called me Kevin once. Kevin? Yeah, I was like, no, I'll just, I'll just let that one Whatever. slide. That's my name now. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, How did you get started uh, and interested in cartoons initially then, I guess? Or so animation? I was obsessed with drawing growing up, like every day, all day, mm. drawing all the time. Um, but I never, I guess that my dad had instilled in me from a very early age that it wasn't, a a it wasn't yeah. a career choice, it wasn't an option. So I don't know, I don't remember ever wanting to be a professional artist growing up. Like a lot of other people, like the first time they saw The Little Mermaid or whatever, they knew that's right, what they yeah. wanted to do. That never happened to me. Um, my uncle was an illustrator uh in wexford and he That's would kind of do like some gig posters he did like a lot of stuff for folk festivals and stuff like and that your dad still didn't think it was viable at all no that was my mum's brother so okay <laughs> right 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 um, my dad is like a professor of engineering in stanford like he, okay like, right, he's right. like and like all of the rest of my siblings i'm the eldest of five and all the rest of them are engineers mm. so <laughs> so it was definitely not a viable career option um but then when i was 15 in transition year uh i was stuck for work experience and my dad's friend 
was working in advertising at the time and they'd been working with Bram Bag. Okay. So said, yeah. So he was like, You're oh, long in the game, <laughs> Bram Bag game. I know, I know. Yeah. Cahill Gaffney loves that story. When I told him, <laughs> when I got the job uh, in Dublin, yeah. I was just like, Oh, I came here when I was 15. He was like, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he tells all the 15 year olds who come in to do work experience that that's what happened. That's incredible. He's that like, is look, crazy, though. Look what happened. Um, but anyway, so that was the first time that I'd seen people coming into a, a studio nine to five you get a paycheck to draw mm. and I was there was no going back after that because yeah. I knew that like if I did anything else I'd be in turn eternally jealous yeah, of, yeah knowing that people were doing this and me being like I could have done that and I would have been yeah. amazing at it um so I decided to do that uh what year was that that was 2009 yeah okay. 2009 um then 2011 I did my leaving search went to Manchester, went going to college there. Right. Um, so I was 17 when right, I moved. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to stay in Dublin because I was the eldest of so many. And I knew that if I went to Ballyfermot or IADT or anything, I would still live at home. Right. Yeah. And it was driving me mental. So I was like, no, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to move out straight away. Yeah. Um, and it turned out to be a great decision. I did a degree in animation and illustration how many years was that course three okay well, that's even better like you yeah know. yeah so i got out a year early but it was in the university of bolton and i'm not surprised that you look like you don't recognize that name um, <laughs> it was the worst yeah. university in the uk in 2011. really and i'm not even being like dramatic it was literally the bottom of the league table right yeah um but i picked it because the lecturers were all part-time they were all still practicing in the industry right so they all had this oh, really yeah, yeah. like up-to-date knowledge on how everything ran mm. so yeah it was really informative and when i came out of college i knew exactly what to do to get work yeah sure um, did you get any work from any of your lecturers or was that a thing yeah or? yeah no definitely um so when i was in college i kind of realized that animation wasn't really for me like right yeah like the actual act of animating yeah. i didn't like drawing things more than once mm. <laughs> i was like i just oh, want to yeah. draw them the no, once and then that's it completely um so i veered pretty wildly towards illustration and i was like i'm gonna be an illustrator forget mm. animation um so when i left college actually when i was still in college when i was in third year two of my lecturers christian duffy and uh, emma knowles used to hmm. send me work that they were too busy for yeah um, sure so i got like a pretty good footing for when i left yeah and um so when so yeah three years you're doing kind of going more towards illustration and then I guess the other thing about it, like with uh, when I was in college, we did have like an animation course, but it was kind of so focused on animation, just as you say, like they kind of, um, they, they're making it move part. Well, more like, you know, it's like, okay, what's the end result? Oh, it's a film. Okay. So mm -hmm. I guess make a film, just keep going with that. And they did change it for like the other years coming up, but then they kind of didn't change it in the right way as far as I could see. I mean, I don't know what it's like now because I've been out of the loop for ages, but just as what you're saying, like somebody who works in the industry could be like, you know, look at somebody who's just doing some nice drawings and be like, oh, cool, I could get that over here. I could do this. They wouldn't be like, yeah, those drawings are nice, but you have to figure out how to do this. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. they would probably be able to channel that whatever you were doing to give you a kind of, um, I mean, in a career way, something that was more fitting. Yeah. I mean, the argument then, like people say, is like, well, this is what happened with like when I was in college. 
they called it uh, self-directed learning where it's like well actually we're trying to teach people how to be filmmakers mm -hmm. and kind of have their own spin on things not you know but um in some cases i believed some people would use that to just not do any fucking work <laughs> you know what i mean they would yeah. kind of say like you'd, you'd be like hey i i kind of don't know these programs or i don't know how to do this or i don't know da, 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 and it would be like look we're not here to hold your hand you're supposed to be like a creative an auteur this amazing thing but um yeah i think there is a kind of happy medium of you know i don't think they're mutually exclusive knowing relevant software that's for the industry and also being a kind of creative person you know mm -hmm. what i mean so because you have to pay the bills obviously but then if you have that skill set you can use it on your personal projects anyway so, so yeah. yeah but um anyway that was a bit of a tangent but i'm just um <laughs> so when you got out uh did you stick around manchester much longer then yes yeah <laughs> so after i graduated my animation illustration degree i actually stayed in college for another year and i did a teaching degree mm. um so that was another year and uh, it was just in case my hands ever fell off yeah uh, yeah yeah that i could still that's do such a something good idea. that's kind of linked to the industry so I, w I wanted to do it while i was still in college because i knew that going back yeah, would yeah. Be way more difficult mm. um so i was the teaching degree was weird because like it was half theory and half practice mm. so i had like all these lectures and essays and all this crack and then i also had a hundred hours of teaching that i had to log right. and i had like eight exams where they'd come in and watch me teach mm. and then mark me out of yeah you know however many um so i taught the year below me <laughs> oh right um in the same course because i wanted to teach that age group like mm. i wanted to teach college students who were serious about doing it as a career rather than like 16 year olds who yeah you know were only pissing about or whatever yeah yeah because um, i knew that i was way too serious about it for that <laughs> yeah i know what you mean so that actually ended up helping loads later on like whenever mm. i went for management or lead positions i whipped out this like and i have a teaching degree They'd that's be like, so wow. funny because i was thinking that i was like you know that's like something about an animator or an animation person like personality which is that like maybe a little bit timid because like there's some, i remember like tom moore talking about how like oh there wasn't really a lot of like directors and they were trying to like fashion but this was years ago now so i clearly maybe they've gotten their act together but I was always wondering, like, what the f what does that mean exactly? But I mm. think you know that what you're saying rings true of somebody who just kind of is like has the confidence to be able to go up in front of a room of people and be like, all right, here's a plan of action. We're doing this. Go yeah. for this. Here's a good bit of that. Here's a bad bit of that, and then just lay out a course of action. You know? Yeah, and it's it's so important uh, for me to keep that up. Like I still teach now. Mm. Um, I run Where do you a, teach? I'm running a course with Animation Skill Net at the moment. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love <laughs> Animation Skill Net. It's like how to put a portfolio together. Yeah. Because at the moment, I'm looking at portfolios in Brown Bag mm. and I see the same mistakes over and over and over and yeah, over again, yeah. especially from recent graduates. Yeah. So I kind of got in touch with them and I was just like, we could put a that's course so to help I do this. I actually taught a class in like portfolio preparation in Bally Ferment recently. So like, it was like, Oh yeah, what what no? Well, what <laughs> mistakes have I been teaching? Basically, is what I immediately thought because I didn't know because I was only because I were I worked on a like me and my friend got a show by sheer, um, you know, hard it was hard work in it obviously, but I would say the luck to hard work ratio was definitely skewed in mm. luck's favor, you know. So like we were kind of inexperienced, and so. I was kind of saying, well, here's what I was looking for with the portfolio and yeah. kind of like the the other thing that I was using as a kind of this is not, this is really bad. But like 
one time I kind of like for years um it was basically one summer where I was having such difficulty getting a house you know and then I kind of figured out this formula in my head of how I would you know through bravado and kind of just putting on a fake personality for a few minutes you know what I mean <laughs> and um anyway the ba- I was in this house long enough where you know I basically managed to get a house and I, I kind of became you know way better at talking to people to try and get something that I wanted you know and then when I was in this house long enough then we had to find another roommate and so then I was like on the other side of it like where once I'd gone into this yeah, house yeah. to try and impress now I was like okay what's this person and and you end up like rightly or wrongly you're kind of reading into what people are saying or doing or trying to get a, a read on them do you know yeah, what I mean yeah so that was kind of what was informing my portfolio thing where I yeah. was suddenly thinking like like it was less about the work and the way it was kind of arranged and it was kind of like what they're telling you by the way that it's arranged no, so exactly. yeah um and i mean like i'm only one week into this course mm. and uh this is the first time i've done it so it's a little bit of trial and error yeah but right. later on i have an idea for something that i want to do so i've gotten permission from a few friends to use their portfolios right. as examples and i'm gonna say to the students imagine you're the art director and you have to hire one person yeah perfect look at these portfolios and tell me which one you'd pick and why yeah, yeah. and like you know they're all like all the guys that have given permission are already in the job they can all they're yeah. all capable of it but it's like which one is telling you what they're good at and why yeah exactly so yeah putting yeah. putting yourself on the other side is like it changes the view completely yeah <laughs> yeah and it's small things like you know one thing that i don't really agree with and it kind of bugs me for a while was that um and this is a completely different thing because i was also pitching a lot of things too but one of them was i was like when I got in, I was I was in second year in college, and then I was like immediately starting to pitch things like mm, go mm. for Storyland, go for this, go for that, and um, just I'm glad I got a lot of the fuck ups out of the way there. But like there was one that always bugged me, which was um, the watermark for final draft. You know, because they would be like, oh, if you had a watermark on your script, they're just gonna throw it out because they'd be like, fuck that, you can't have a demo script. You know, yeah. and that really annoyed me because it was like I'd have to. I didn't have any money, so I couldn't get Final Draft. I eventually found out you can get Caltex and kind of, you know, but before that, I was like writing the scripts up in Word and trying to match the formatting exactly <laughs> just so I could export something out to send in. But um, that the, the, the things that I don't like are sometimes where it's like, if you're handing it into people and, you know, um, they have like, I don't know, like some sort of cheap website and then you're kind of like somebody's like looking at that going like oh you couldn't have gotten a fucking proper website oh yeah. you're telling me that your email is such and such 65 at th- this.com yeah, yeah. it's like oh it is really annoying because if the work is good enough it'll shine through and you yeah, know, you'll yeah. get it but then there's those other little things which kind of like make the difference when you're yeah, down between does, two people you. yeah I mean, the thing about the the cheap websites i don't mind those so much as long as they're customizable enough mm. that people can kind of put together their own gallery and their own way of presenting yeah. their work what annoys me is fucking art station can i say fuck yeah 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 <laughs> i've been effing and jeffing yeah to check um it's fucking art station i hate yeah. Art station and i get so many portfolios through it and i understand that it's like an easy way mm. to, to have a portfolio that's also like a social media sort of right. thing um 
but it's not a very user friendly. I look at yeah. between 20 and 50 portfolios a day mm. when I'm recruiting. And if I have to go into somebody's art station and like everything is in folders, I can't see everything at yeah. once. It drives me mental. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, this is, especially if it's separated into projects. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to see character design. Do you not have like a character design section yeah, that I yeah. can click on and see all of it? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like just being neat and listing stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes like, and I'm guilty of it and I, I'm really guilty of it because I think my portfolio has this at the moment where like I just fall in love with one project and I just make a folder for that. And then somebody's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, can, I, can I use your portfolio for my class? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, please. I have it. I, I have this thing. Um, It's, um, it was Melissa Malone told me about it was uh, myportfolio.com, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. fucking sick. It's really good. Yeah um wix is really good as well wix is good i mean like and i like, have a um a squarespace which i know is kind of the yeah. more expensive but like i made it four years ago yeah and yeah. it's like unbelievably easy to use yeah i mean you don't if you can put up with the ads and i think most people can like yeah. nobody's going to be judging you for like um going for free on wix and but yeah. wix has so much customization and stuff i just set up like a little website for our studio with it myintelli.com and <laughs> if you yeah, it's just cool to be able to like, yeah, I don't know. It reminds me, uh, there was a, a thing, I don't know if, you, you, you know, I was obsessed with making websites when I was younger. I wanted to have yeah, like a yeah. website. I made one about cats. Yeah. Just in general. <laughs> I made one called randomcrap.com and I was like, yeah. I'm surprised that name wasn't taken. <laughs> well, it was. I had to go with randomcrap3000 and it wasn't .com either. It was like, I was obviously, I just, because I thought .com meant you were a website. Yeah. I didn't realize .com was a domain name, you know? <laughs> so I didn't buy a domain name. I just had like, but I was on this thing called Pixo. Do you mm. remember Pixo? Do you I don't. Anyway, yeah, it was kind of like what Wix is now, except like a lot less customizable and you just throw up like a bunch of pictures and titles and stuff like this. But it was very hard to get it to do what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I was just I thought it was the most amazing thing in the world to have a website. Uh, but now, like, which is a shame I never got into like website building or anything like that. I should have done something like that. Um, but anyhow, that's all to say. Yeah, I will give you that portfolio. Um, and I... One of the things I said in the class, and it is on my portfolio, is that I made a little gif of myself just mm-hmm. saying, welcome to GarethLyons.com, and it's like a speech bubble pops up. And I was like, this is how you make yourself stand out <laughs> by having something really cool like that. And I was like... It is, though. It's true. Yeah. Like, and, and as well, um, using people, people using their actual names. Yeah. I way prefer that to like screen names. I yeah. know that some people have like, you know, if they have a lot of followers on Instagram or whatever and it's mm. a screen name, they'll put that on their website. But if I'm looking at portfolios, I'm looking at them all day long. Their application yeah. is coming through with their actual name. Yeah. And then I click on their website and I see their screen name and then I leave everything open because I'm doing a million things at yeah, once yeah, and I come yeah. back to it and I can't remember who they are. Yeah. It's, it drives me mental. Also, the screen name stuff is kind of like, I don't know, I get kind of... I don't know the artist formerly known as Prince or something. It's just this <laughs> like yeah, it's it's kind of like I don't know. I mean, this is my personal feeling. I don't you know really care, and it depends on what the name is. Like if it's kind of a variation on your own name, then I kind of understand it. But if it's like you know, like oh I don't know, like Magic Pajamas or something, you Ice know, Wolf. yeah, yeah, or something. <laughs> you're just kind of like, who are you to to say that I should call you this yeah, yeah. goofy ass name, you know? Um, but anyhow, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and go back to, um, so when you, f- when you finished your teaching degree, then what yeah. happened after that? 
So that would have been. Oh, sorry, one thing before. I'm just gonna shut the door. Yeah, that looks fine. Yeah, so you finished your teaching degree? And so, yeah, about, uh, actually about halfway through my teaching degree in 2014, I got into this um, uh, Imaginism, the, the studio that runs Schoolism in Canada. Mm. They also had this really exclusive um, course. It was like a month-long course where you'd live in the studio in Canada and okay. paint every day. That's amazing. We had homework and they only accepted four people at a time. Mm. So I got into that, um, but it was in the middle of my degree. So I had to like beg them to let yeah. me have a month off to go and do this course. And they said, yeah. And I kind of caught up on the work when I got back. So I went to Montreal in November 2014. Um, and it was like intense, but it completely changed the way I worked. Right. Like, yeah. It was like clearing my brain out of everything I knew and like building it up again from the mm. start. Like it was crazy. Um, so when I got back from that, my work kind of changed completely. Right. And yeah, like yeah. I had a much clearer direction of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Um, so then I was still freelancing throughout my teaching degree as well. <laughs> like it's it funny though, because you, you say that the other thing about having more direction, but like every step of the way you've been like, I knew that I wouldn't go back to college if I didn't do this. So I was like, <laughs> why well, was not like that at all? I wasn't like, I know me, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I say, I knew that, but it yeah. was more like my dad would be like, you're right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad is kind of like the voice of reason throughout my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the one who's like, oh, you should be putting money away. Yeah, You should yeah. be doing this. And I'm like, everyone's like, why are you so good with money? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you came back and you were kind of more focused and knew what you wanted to do. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when I left college 2015 and like left it for real this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was working for a really 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 small company in manchester called kilogram they were an animation studio okay, yeah, I think I know. so my former tutor christian duffy was renting a desk there he was working for a belfast company called pale blue dot right and he said to me there's a spare desk here do you want to rent it and do your freelance and i was like yeah because yeah, i'm yeah. sitting at home with my boyfriend who's also a freelance illustrator and he's driving me fucking crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i went and uh rented the desk there and like at first I was just working on my own stuff and like paying mm. the desk rent and then eventually I started to get bigger and bigger clients and then Kilogram started kicking me over some design work, some background stuff right. for the projects they were doing. Like they were kind of working on small little things and I would help out a little bit and kind of accidentally started getting back into animation again. Yeah. Even yeah. though I never intended to do that. Um and then uh I met uh, a guy called Finbar Coyle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he had just moved to Manchester from Dublin to work at Brownback Manchester. Okay, yeah. And I got really excited because I hadn't seen another Irish person in Manchester <laughs> the entire time I've been there. Is that for real? Yeah, I was. Oh my God. I was so excited. Like everyone I knew was English. Yeah, so yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, you from like, and I was yeah, like, yeah. and you lived in Dublin. Tell me, oh my God! And like, yeah, I was yeah. so excited. So um, we got on great, me and Finbar, and um we decided to set up like a weekly meetup. We wanted to set up something that like you could work on your own stuff, but it wasn't in a pub. So right, it wasn't yeah, like a drink yeah. and draw. It was like a come and like we can chat and get feedback and stuff. So we found this mm. late night cafe that would do that. So every Wednesday for like three hours or something, we'd have that. That's cool. 
Yeah, it was just called Cake and Doodle is a very mm. creative name that we gave it. Is it still going or is it? It is, yeah, in Manchester. That's brilliant. Yeah, cause we, we both left Manchester now, yeah, but yeah. we left it with somebody else and they carry it on. Yeah, um, yeah. So we met like loads of really cool people through that. Mm. And like a lot of people from Brown Bag would come uh, with Finbar. Yeah. And I, so I met all of them. Um, and there was one night when the art director, Jeff Pam, mm. he was saying to me, oh, we're hiring. Um, why don't you put in an application? I was like, I'm an illustrator. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But I did. So I did put it in an application. Yeah, I yeah. got over myself and I put yeah, in an yeah. application. And uh, I got the job as a background artist. Okay, on, yeah. Um, Nella the Princess Knight. Did you have to learn a whole other set of skills then or was it already I, pretty I much... I lied my way in. Okay, right, right. <laughs> no, it was pretty much... Uh, I had never used the pen tool in Photoshop, which was what they were relying pretty heavily on. Mm. But in the test, I just figured it out and then just recreated the style and it was all fine that's also for anybody who's listening and kind of heard us talking about portfolios and years pricked as well that's another thing you can definitely do is just bluff it you yeah, know? yeah lie lie yeah, your yeah. ass off <laughs> like because that's another thing and it's not like and you know if you get in there you know it's really funny like there's a, there's a uh, one time i was looking i was on really unsuccessful j1 in san francisco and i just did not have the hustle like this other guy had we met this guy called des who was looking for jobs but he um he would go in and he was like, I have cash register experience. And I was like, really? And he's like, no, you just go in there and go, oh, that we didn't have this one. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, you know, no, yeah, cause like yeah. when, when I was uh, when I went to Brian back for my interview and they were like, oh, what animation experience did you, yeah. do you have? I say, oh, I work a kilogram. I didn't really work a kilogram. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was just renting a desk and I was an illustrator yeah. who occasionally did work for them. But yeah. And there's a, like, <laughs> and like, you know, they'll let's say worst case scenario you you can't uh fake it long enough to make it in that thing it's not like that's the end oh well road's yeah. over it's no, like a, <laughs> a friend of mine actually told me that once he was a director and he was saying if you go into any company and say oh i can do this job blag your way in mm. it'll take them about two months to realize that you can't do the exactly job, yeah but that's about how long it takes you to learn the job yeah exactly <laughs> so, exactly so you'll yeah. be fine yeah yeah completely um and that's kind of the thing because with with toon boom that happens quite a lot as well um although i've tried a million times to learn it and i don't know if i just ha- i don't think i have it in me because i don't think that if it was for my own project i would pick it up immediately mm-hmm. but when it's for like look you can work on you know um puffy paws or whatever and you're just kind of like i can't yeah i cannot do this especially when it's like oh look here's the model for the, the that show so just do some bit of animation that nobody's ever going to see i'd be like why i can't <laughs> like i can't physically do that you know um but either way what, I, what i'm saying is yeah there's a, a few people that i know who um yeah 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 no i know to download the trial for like yeah you know? yeah no completely like i i recently did yeah. a job where they were like oh you know how to use after effects don't you i haven't yeah. touched it since college and i was like yeah of course. And I just, just stay yeah. one lesson ahead of the yeah, kid yeah. like <laughs> that's the thing with also with after effects and that stuff like youtube like you get like some you know you know 13 year old from bangladesh just going okay and just go over here and it's like slow down you know what I mean? like, uh but yeah they like it's a really i think the adobe stuff is like a godsend because it's like like i don't know i mean it's just a sort of like obviously it's not like the greatest shit in the world but it is like just as a source text for everything is like this is fantastic like yeah, yeah. a program that you know let's just say is easily accessible 
um, for a, a price, a decent rate, obviously, as obviously. we, yeah, and uh, and then the, all these people online have just like reams of tutorials, and then some of them are just like, I don't know if this is the right way to do it. This is just how I do it. Yeah. It's like this is great. You well, know, I mean, like this is the nice thing. This is what I love about Photoshop, though, yeah. is that everyone has completely different ways of doing yeah, things. Exactly. And, like, yeah. You just pick it up over the yeah. years. Um, like I have this method for drawing. Um perspective grids mm. using like a shape tool like using the polygon tool yeah. and it's really simple but like i showed it to someone and they were like holy shit yeah yeah <laughs> some people do that that was and the, one of the other ones that i was, I was doing like some course and it was about like you know there's basically some things in photoshop and i was like finally i'll figure out how all of these like the what's the thing you know the filters or something at the mm. top i'll finally figure out what all these like actually do and then the guy's like, yeah, I just kind of scroll down through until yeah. I find the one that works. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought that there was some sort of, like, thing that would make this make sense, you know? But, no, that's uh, all I do. Yeah. Well. I just, like, usually it's overlay. That's yeah, kind yeah, of my yeah. favorite one. Um, but, yeah, nobody, I don't think anybody knows that. No, do. I don't think so. I mean, maybe because, obviously, it's for, you know, I mean, nobody uses it for this anymore, really. But, like you know back in the day maybe there was like photo terms mm. what am i saying nobody uses for obviously people use for photos i just don't know any photographers you know so like um we but, don't know them they don't matter yeah <laughs> but if you just said like overlay they'd be like oh yeah of course like when you overlay a gel they used to do this on acid and you're like oh yeah. right of course but actually with drawing it's like yeah there's not really a kind of you know real life parallel for just making a flat block of green and then going okay down until <laughs> it looks like it works over this you know um yeah so yeah then you got the job in brown bag then how'd you end up back in dublin then oh so um basically i was working on nella for a year and a half mm. 700 backgrounds later <laughs> i Oof. learned i learned so much on that show what was, was nella exactly it was a show about a princess, but she's also a knight. Oh, I know that Megan, one. Bring, bring oh, I know knight. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. for Nickelodeon, and it was um, yeah, it was it was cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, scripts were preschool scripts, you yeah, know. But yeah. the back the background style was quite fun, and like I learned a lot about color and a lot about perspective. Yeah. And, like, you know, I uh, really really thank that show for giving me a really strong foundation mm. with uh, environment design in particular. Um. So yeah, I was working on that for ages and then around that time um that it was finishing up, season 1 was finishing up. Uh we had a few tests coming in to kind of uh make the studio bigger. Like we had season 2 already greenlit. Okay. But they were wanting to get something else in to kind of grow the Manchester base because we only had the one show. Right. Um so the art director and the the assistant art director were doing other tests and they were all really busy and then no another one came in yeah. dublin had been working on it and they were like this is actually a 2d show can you help us out on this and um i was like oh, can i do it and they were like yeah i suppose like i don't think that they i don't know if they didn't see much promise in it or i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah but uh i blagged my way into that as well um and they let me do all of the designing for it and all the concept work for it um and it got greenlit none of the others did but this one oh did. wow so the day that it got greenlit i marched into the producer's office and i was like i want to art direct this that's crazy <laughs> which is the bravest i've ever been yeah, in my life <laughs> i was just saying like i don't know if i'd have the confidence to do yeah, something like yeah. that and i was 24 so they were like <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so I got, I got, I didn't get the art director gig because yeah, yeah. I was twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had never led a team or anything yeah, before. Yeah. But I was, but I had my teaching degree. Yeah, um, yeah. They let me be the assistant art director. They hired oh, me yeah. as that oh, yeah. uh, on this new project. It was for NBC Universal, and it was the first cartoon they'd ever made. Okay. Um, it's just come out now. It's called Power Birds. Uh, it is unrecognizable from when I did it. Because, oh, really? Uh, yeah, no, because... Um, How long was it in production? It was in pre-production for a year. So okay, right. uh, it was a pretty difficult production. Um, they'd never hired an art director oh, wow. while I was working on it. So it was mm. just me. I was leading 13 people. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing, honestly. I was yeah, kind of yeah. figuring it out as I went. And they were really difficult clients. Mm. Um, so I left before it went into production. Um, I mean, they still used a lot of my designs. Yeah. But it 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 has changed completely. Like it went through another two art directors then after me. Really. Um, and then it got to where it is now. I wonder how these projects stay so long in gestation like that. Just the money. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> how do they have bottom, it? Bottomless pit of money. Do they never get to a point where it's like, look, we're kind of throwing good money after bad. Let's just call it a day on this one. It's like, it's like you know you just come too far and it's like we're something is going out there and we don't yeah. care what it is you yeah. know um so after a year uh, it was a really difficult project and i was ridiculously burned out like right. i was yeah, so yeah, stressed yeah. and then brexit had happened and i was like oh <laughs> and then i had just broken up with a boyfriend mm. uh that i had lived with there so i was like there's nothing kind of tie yeah, yeah. tying me here anymore like i kind of thought that the job would be enough to make me want to stay but it turned out it wasn't yeah but i really really liked brown bag they were really good to me and they mm. had given me like a lot with my career so early on and like trusted me with a lot so i wanted to stay with them so i got in touch with the dublin office and i said listen i really want to move back to dublin i'm really homesick it's been yeah, yeah. it's been seven years um mm. and i just want to go home and they were like okay there's no art director positions here and i was like that's fine <laughs> what did you end up taking in the end so i took a 2d designer position which okay. is like just doing the concepts and doing the color keys and character designs and it's kind mm. of a general role that you're doing yeah. all of the 2d design work before it goes into 3d um which was great because i'd never worked in 3d before so um mm. i got yeah, to learn you get from a little the ground bit of a... it's so funny because like um I was at some like animation function there. I was at Creative Christmas and somebody said something like they were talking we were talking about all the the studios like kind of oh yeah and the boulder da 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 and then they, and there was a the brown bag guys they just keep to themselves. Yeah, know? I noticed that. No, when it came when know? it came back cuz I love events like yeah. that. Like I was at Creative Christmas as well. Yeah. Um and I'm always like the only brown bag person there. Yeah, and I found that funny cuz like and then I started cuz I never thought about it cuz I know people who work in brown bag but there isn't really like an overlap and then the other thing about it is like like friends of mine like one like they used to have a really awful application system in brown bag where i like it was like three or four pages and one of the questions on it was who's your favorite cartoon character Jesus. my <laughs> one was uh, a, a tie between gromit and hobbs oh what about you actually who's your favorite cartoon character oh jesus um I'm wildly unprepared for this. Yeah. I'm just going to give you the answer that I gave the other day when sure. they asked us, who's your favorite female? Okay, go for it. Character, Zipporah from The Prince of Egypt. God. Oh, she's so badass. Uh, there's so much about, like, because I've seen, like, big selections of Prince of Egypt and it's just such a, like, lush film that, like, you watch, like, about 
five minutes of it and you feel like you've been watching about two hours you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. and it's very it's really I, impressive you it's know? my favorite film of yeah. all time. not even just animated films yeah, yeah. Film. like my boyfriend is crazy into film and movies yeah and when we first started going out uh he was driving me home one night and he goes so what's your favorite film ever mm. and i was like oh my god and i was like it's the prince of egypt and he went no like a like a real film oh <laughs> my he's god. gonna he's gonna kill me for telling that, that story. is so <laughs> funny no that's like because my girlfriend like she is literally like you know she has that same attitude with animation it's just this thing of like yeah but yeah you know. I, I don't really like try and put it on him because yeah, i know yeah. that he just wouldn't go i mean it's it. a breath of fresh air as well at the same time you're kind of like you know it's it's nice to you know well first of all i don't i don't particularly like when i'm at home i don't really watch animation no, it takes like like there's like um the way i treat animation is actually kind of the way i treat video games is and it's like it's got to be a pretty special one to just make me go like all right let me sit down and do this yeah, yeah. and it's got to have like got to take a lot of boxes for me yeah i actually um, yeah. but i do love adult animation like I oh love yeah yeah bojack horseman i yeah. watch that over and over and over again um i like talking about it because bojack is kind of like i don't know if i'm a bit as huge i don't know if i'm big into it but i definitely can like well no because i like the first two seasons and then i kind of got a little bored on it but at mm. the same time i love um and instead oh, did you have that art book of bojack as well oh i got it back no, to the house Fuck. <laughs> no you have to see her drawings she's like oh, she does these um, lisa hanelwitz or whatever she does these incredible drawings and oh, then they whoa. filter them through this cheap yeah, animation yeah. process and it looks because, like, like shit because <laughs> you know in, i don't know if you saw it if you haven't watched the middle seasons but they have all these little bits of like traditionally animated 2d animation that are so nice i it's think it's like have. little dream sequences oh no stuff. i've seen that yeah oh, yeah they're absolutely gorgeous. yeah they're great and uh, yeah yeah but and then what was my whole oh yeah because like sitcoms and stuff like that it definitely can watch and things that are kind of like grappling with issues and stuff and you know um but then the kind of you know the stuff that people go nuts for online where it's like the real masturbatory stuff mm. of just like like i'm i'm sure it's going to be good but it's taken me a really long time to sit down and watch um i lost my hand or whatever oh you know that I one, seen that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's it like i mean i don't sit down at home and watch like animation and i'm yeah. I'm really struggling with it at the moment because now that we started the studio and i've started to people have started asking oh what type of animation are you into and what do you want to do and they're like i actually kind of don't like any of it you know what I mean? <laughs> no i'm exactly yeah. like when i was in manchester i felt like a bit of a pariah because yeah. at lunch times and stuff we'd all be chatting and uh anime yeah yeah i really really yeah. don't like it and no i, I couldn't go for it either. they'd all be talking about it and i yeah. was like oh man <laughs> yeah um but yeah so you kind of oh yeah no though i finished point i was saying about like brown bag kind of keeping to themselves the other thing that happens is once you go through that massive application process and like i i would get like six months later it would be like oh sorry you didn't get this job I was like oh, i forgot yeah, i even no, fucking apply it like you it's, know it's awful like um, yeah I remember it too <laughs> and like I always try and so the way that it works at the moment is like HR and recruitment mm. handle all of the applications so when I want to reject somebody say yeah I have to send like this big list email full of names 
right yeah to recruitment and then they have to go through them one by one yeah which would be much easier if i could just like press a button and then automatically yeah, go yeah. at least the person would know then yeah, like yeah. It, i know that from my application periods like i, I just want to know yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just like as, as soon as possible so that you can stop kind of pinning your hopes on that thing and yeah, yeah. i know there's a lot of applications coming in so i can understand but but i mean the other thing about brand bag though that is a positive is that anybody who gets in there doesn't really leave <laughs> like, no yeah no like i i have so much loyalty yeah. to the company and like yeah. i hate to sound like a bootlick but like honestly yeah. they've been amazing to me yeah that's um, what that's what niall keeps saying now because yeah, yeah. oh, i hate to be such a bootlick but and, yeah, then he yeah, goes yeah. and we get all this free food yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's what he said yeah yeah um but no like th- so then when i came back to dublin i was working as a 2d designer yeah. for the 3d stuff so i started working on vampirina yeah, yeah. Um, which was an amazing show to work on because mm. it's kind of spooky and like yeah, it's really sure. fun to do after all the princessy stuff yeah yeah um but they were doing a series of eight music videos for Vampirina. Yeah. And they let me art direct all of them. Because mm. uh, they were like, oh, I used to work in 2D and you used to be an art director. You can do these. I was like, class. That's great. Um, oh, I had so much fun with them. I was yeah, working yeah. with, it was with a 2D studio over in Mexico called Mighty. Mm. And they were great. Um, yeah. Like, and I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry that I gave you so many notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was really um harsh, but it was just so nice to be back in that position yeah, where yeah. I could be making those decisions. And like I hope I'm not jinxing myself here. I'm gonna knock on this table here. Yeah. Um Brand Bag put me forward for two Emmy nominations. Holy shit. Yeah, for that for my God. art direction. So fingers crossed. When do we know like about that? I think it's the end of this month. Oh boy. And what's I, I I don't I don't think it'll go through, but like it's lovely that they spent money to put me yeah forward. i was just wondering how much is it even to get an emmy nomination in I don't even uh, we don't even want to think about but it but i had to write an essay about why i should win an emmy <laughs> i mean that bugs me but but it's good you yeah. know what i mean like but it's so it's just like just trying to imagine like what's some emmy nominated show at the moment like fucking, well no i like donald glover i'm trying to think of somebody <laughs> like you know from one of those burn notice shows or something yeah, it's like yeah. Oh, were they writing? Uh, were the people from uh, Blue Bloods writing essays about why they should win? Yeah, no, like it's, well, it's not an essay. It's like a yeah. hundred words, but you do have to put in like you know, here's what yeah. I did that sets me apart from everybody else. Yeah, which is annoying because in a hundred words, it's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in an art director position because I kept trying to talk about the team, yeah, and what yeah. they did and how great they were. Yeah. But then I couldn't fit it in with all the stuff I was talking about, like yeah. the inspiration for the short. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's gone now anyway i can't change it yeah i mean you know what even if nothing comes of it kyle mclaughlin didn't get anything for twin peaks season three so <laughs> they're fucking stupid and they don't matter unless you do get nominated in which and case great. great job they're fantastic <laughs> and they, they mean something taste. yeah well actually also kyle mclaughlin got nominated so then you just be like okay well at least he got nominated oh no i don't think he did get nominated i could be wrong but he should have gotten nominated anyway yeah whatever um that's great news though um so how long have you been working in dublin brown bag then that's been a year and a half so six months ago um i got promoted to lead designer mm. which you would think would just be for one project it's yeah. for all of them so, really yeah so i'm in charge at the moment of 23 people i thought you were gonna say 23 shows for a no, second no. <laughs> <laughs> no it's five shows yeah. 23 people um, are some of them in development and some of them are just all of them are in development. oh okay yeah, well that's all, great all of our shows are that new. sounds amazing yeah it's 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 a crazy time <laughs> those are the best times to be like those are the most exciting times to work on a show where there's just ideas piling in and stuff yeah, like that you, you know you think 
<laughs> I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm kinda tired yeah <laughs> like from being on power birds that was in pre-production for a year yeah and then being on all these new shows where like in my position because it's half management half design mm. i'm kind of like managing half my time is managing everybody and like going to meetings and like yeah. one-to-ones and all of this kind of stuff and recruitment takes up a shitload of my time yeah the other half is i get to do a little bit of drawing yeah, yeah. but like because I, i'm so limited with my time i can't really be committed to one show so they put me on the noop the brand new ones right i yeah. do a little bit of development on character and world building and then they move me off onto the next one yeah so i'm doing the fun bit and then I leave behind like a wake of destruction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in one, in two of them, I've designed all the main characters, and then somebody else had to like do the turnarounds and mm. the, <laughs> the expression stuff. I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And are they all CGI shows, or are they yeah. okay? Yeah. Right, right. But obviously, there's a lot of like 2D development before you even get yeah. to this 3D yeah, yeah. part. When do you start CGI? Start getting involved in it then, like. Um, from pretty early on. I mean, oh, like okay. we would be as a character designer certainly like you'd be very involved with the modelers mm. and like that they would be getting character sculpts done based on your initial designs and then you'd be back and forth kind of painting over it and then yeah. they'd adjust it and then the final model that you'd send for a pitch or for early development at least would yeah. kind of be like half painting half modeling right um so that they can see what the character is actually going to look like in 3d right yeah um do you like you know the way that it's like the I mean, I, again, I'm kind of clueless when it comes to CGI, but like, let's say that there's, um, I've seen a lot of things like um, with, you know, the Hotel Transylvania movies where they have like kind of these, they were testing out how to combine like the kind of 2D smears and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, would those be things that you'd work into it as in like trying to create like, or is it like, no, it's just, we do the 2D and then they figure out how to make it CGI pretty it, it, it is it's a bit of back and forth right um i mean like the ones in hotel transfinity are very complicated rigs that yeah. can do those things and like that's feature budget yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah, there's sure. no way that we'd be able to do anything yeah. like that but you know the animators and stuff will experiment with the rigs mm. and see what they can do with stuff like for example we uh you can just like pull a cheek out and make it a bit chubbier or whatever right yeah. for animation and but uh we would kind of draw the expressions and they would try and make that work like right yeah it's, it's cool. a bit of a collaborative thing that's between a few departments and it comes back and forth yeah um so the communication has to be spot on are they like trying to make feature films anymore or like because i remember there was a time like years ago where they were doing something some like shane acker or something i have no idea do you know that movie nine are you familiar tim burton like produced it and it was no. like a cgi thing with a bunch of sack people in it no <laughs> yeah well I believe back in about 2011 or 2011, they, as you should say, apparently, um, there was, um, what was I going to say? They were um, working with Shane Acker on like a, a, a very elaborate CGI feature film pitch that was about like submarines and like all based underwater and stuff like this and it looked really it real was it wasn't octonauts, octonauts. <laughs> <laughs> i love octonauts incidentally that's like one of because i had a real like moment of just it's so lame because it, it is this is the lamest thing I, I, but walking into like smith's and seeing a little octonauts toy up next to like the other ones i was like oh this is so cool like so cute. yeah they are and they're great i mean like they're like lovely little characters and i love the little world that they're in so yeah, yeah. it's the only kind of time where i get really like you know um because usually i'm pretty 
sideways glance at the animation industry. But uh, and on this instance, I'm like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like, just just believe, believe the thing that everybody seems to believe all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea if Brian Bag are trying to do feature anymore. Mm. If they are, I'm not privy to that information. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing going on yeah. in, in our studio anyway. And would you, you know, because it, it is a 2D studio that's in Manchester, mm-hmm. so obviously said all the ones that are CGI's, this might be a, <laughs> probably a very boring question, but like, no, no. so is, are they developing 2D stuff themselves? Yeah. And then, okay. Right, yeah, right, right. and then we have another studio in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Formerly Nine Story, now Brown Bag Toronto. I um, thought it was in Vancouver, was it? Or? No, Toronto. Okay. Um, They are split, so they're 2D and 3D. So they'll do their own that's thing as cool. well. But all the studios are pretty independent. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I wonder how that even gets started, like where you get to a certain stage and all right, let's set up something somewhere. Well, I mean, maybe you acquire pre-existing studios and then just rename them, I suppose. But I'm just trying to imagine like, you know, because they, they love to, there's a, the podcast that they did with Irishman Abroad, you know, the Cahill and, mm-hmm. uh, and the, but it's like, we're just two guys just kind of, you know just do just working for a mother's kitchen and all this and it's like you know the 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 the, the local boy done good type thing yeah you know? they're still like that yeah <laughs> Colin and doc strolling around the office and you're just like you know you can just slag them off and yeah they're really cool about it but i find that funny where it's like you get to a stage you do you have that type of studio and then eventually you own three different things around yeah, the world yeah. and it's like they're operating independently of you but carrying the name yeah, yeah. you no, know it's just, like we have another one in bali was our most recent okay. acquisition it was formerly called base and it was a um service studio that we worked with on vampirina okay and right i think that they liked them so much that they yeah yeah <laughs> so now it's brown oh, the amount i'm just like just the uh, i mean maybe one day but just the idea of that amount of money is just very freaking me out well, you know? Cahill was yeah. telling me once that back in the day he had done um like a ceo training thing in Stan- right, stanford yeah. so like no way the irish government i think he was telling he was telling me ages ago but i'm pretty sure it was like the irish government selected some yeah. Irish ceos so sure dad's on the mater well that's why he brought it up yeah, right. <laughs> um they had sent them over and they had done yeah. some training in like this is how you set up companies and this is what a good business kind of thing is and that's crazy so Cahill just took to it like a duck to water and here he is that's amazing though because you know like i mean that's yeah i mean that says a lot as well i mean you know uh, barring some uh massive future cancellation which i don't see happening you know like it is does seem to be one of the most kind of uh efficient businesses out of animation here and also like everybody who i've seen has gone into it like you know a lot of people having like you know houses and mortgages and like real shit and actually being able to live lives which is not something that can be said about you know a lot of studios in ireland you know yeah well so, i, I yeah. found the difference between working in manchester and working in dublin is that the general population of the dublin studio was mm. a bit older right um, okay a bit more mature and like they were a bit more settled you know, like yeah. in Manchester, nobody actually wanted to live in Manchester forever. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. nobody was buying houses or anything. They're like, oh, I'm just here for a bit and then I'm moving on. Yeah. Um, whereas in Dublin, everyone's like, no, I've been, lived here for however many years and I'm going to yeah. stay here. It's such a pure, wholesome model, though, the idea that you can just be, keep doing animation. Like, because, like, that's, we were talking about it before we started recording, but, you know, the, the weird, like, 
the video by that lady recently who was mm -hmm. saying you know if anybody hasn't seen it and she was talking about why i left the animation industry and i was like clicking that open because i was like telling me more about you know the exploitation and all this type of shit <laughs> so it was a footnote and kind of like i wasn't really creatively fulfilled and i wasn't this and i was like i i mean I, there's room for that obviously but there's the part where i'm just kind of like man do you not feel like you know like i said earlier you know i wanted to live i want to have just a life and to do something that i find fulfilling but doesn't need to be this kind of you know you're laser focused on doing it at all costs and yeah. shedding all these kind of things that you know normal people can do do you know what i mean i mean i do find yeah. that very kind of uh, worrying about young, yeah. young people in the animation exactly. industry who like live and breathe animation yeah, yeah it's like oh man dude, there's so many other things that you can do i know like, so much more to life and it kind of allows for an exploitation to happen to you but also yeah. it leads to this very transient life where you can find yourself like they're not gonna like take care of you when you yeah. get to a stage where you're not useful for them well this you know? is the thing because like at the end of the day i love brown bag and i'll mm. look there for as long as they'll let me but yeah. at the end of the day they're a company and they're gonna look after yeah the company <laughs> but they sound like you know they're not like they're they got like a long-term thing yeah and i think that that's also down to slow growth yeah like they're like they're would they celebrated their 25 year anniversary last year and like yeah you know, that company's as old as i am yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's a really long time to be ramping up into business and like yeah. learning and making all those mistakes early on and learning yeah, yeah. from them and like of course still making mistakes now and learning from them now yeah yeah um i think that, that was a huge input into but, how you smoothly know, they run the way that it's kind of baked into certain parts of the industry as well is that you have these wide-eyed graduates and they're a cheap source of labor because they'll work for anything and they'll work overtime and they'll do all this type of stuff and so you have these people come in and then you just drain that out of them and then you just get rid of them or mm -hmm. whatever it doesn't matter we got you know oh we lost that contract well i guess those people are severed they're gone it doesn't matter whereas you know uh, i mean I'm here i am I, I should apologize for being a bootleg it's just the idea of you know uh, I, gu I guess it's because i'm thinking more about it when now that i've kind of gotten serious about making the studio because before it was kind of like i wanted to, I, you know you need a limited company to send in to get the funding and applications mm -hmm. and stuff like that but now that you have one it's like well, what company do you want to even be do yeah, you know? yeah, yeah so the idea of having you know it is kind of a lone example of studio that seems to uh, retain staff and have kind of a turnover of projects enough that people can actually just live a comfortable life. And, mm. you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, following some sort of example like that anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. No, but that was just my thinking. I'm thinking out loud now, which is a little bad. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, no, the whole business side of it is like something that we often don't have to exactly. think about. Yeah. Um, but it's always appreciated when it's there and when it's doing well. I mean, yeah, like exactly. It's, it's what we depend on at the end of the day. So knowing a little bit about it and kind of like seeing warning signs about when things are going exactly. bad. Because I mean like, yeah, they're doing great and I'm sure that it's all wonderful, but like it could always go bad. Yeah, you, never, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but what I do appreciate is last year, there was a little bit of a, a lull, but yeah. in between a shitload of green lights and some yeah, stuff yeah. ending. It was a few months where work was um not as busy and they kept us all on like they yeah, didn't, yeah they didn't let anybody go which everybody really appreciated because they wanted to just you know have us all there yeah, um, yeah. And, like some of the guys i work with uh 
like Eddie who sits behind me he mm. was the layout supervisor on Land Before Time oh wow yeah, I know yeah. <laughs> like then there's John Byrne he like worked on Tarzan and yeah. then like my uh, my big boss Dave McCamley worked on a he painted half the backgrounds for the Lion King. And oh like, wow! Yeah, no, I know. There's some of the the turtles guys in there as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There's, there's like, turtles guys everywhere, but like they have like a big blog post written up by one of the guys, and he was doing like backgrounds on it. I was like, oh my. Yeah, God. no, that's uh, Steve. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, right, yeah. right yeah. Um, Steve Robinson. Um, he's my boss at the moment. I love him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so nice. Um, um, he's so talented. like they're all. Mm. It's it's so nice as well for young artists coming in, having these like mad inspirational people yeah, sitting sure. right there and like. Yeah they're also ready to talk to anybody and like teach them as well yeah i mean that's the other thing as well like we're talking about people coming in wide-eyed but then there's some there's a way to harness that as well and mm-hmm. use it to your advantage rather than seeing yeah. like oh here's a way i can get this show done really cheap and quickly and then on to the next one yeah. it's like you know you you know that history plays a role and that if you have like a wide variety of you know ages and people who are you know from kind of different eras in animation as mm. well it's like that's a huge thing yeah because you know? we just obviously with all the, the new shows we just hired a lot of people mm. and um some of them are quite young yeah um and the enthusiasm that they brought with them yeah like, yeah, yeah it's spread through the whole department and it's mm. so lovely yeah, yeah and i'm like you know I, i'm quite cranky yeah and old sure. and i'm just like right. oh, <laughs> i used to like animation yeah <laughs> but, no uh, although that's a huge thing I've, i think i mentioned it before but i was like teaching classes paper panther got me to teach you know or help out with their workshops and um yeah doing that was like I was at a point where I was like, I fucking hate this. What am I even doing it for? And then seeing these kids like, yeah. And you're just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to compare these new, new people to, you know, little kids. But like any sort of no, like, same sort of energy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's always a good thing to have people who are excited about what they do because actually it is contagious, you know. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. Of, like, that's my favorite thing anyway about being in a in a management position mm. is that seeing people like grow and blossom you feel like yeah when they do really really good work when you've helped them you feel proud of it as if it was your own yeah yeah yeah, and you're like oh god you i'm so proud of you um so what's the future like then for you what are you thinking are you even thinking that far ahead you're just kind of like let's keep at this shit i'm I'm gonna just get through these next few months of pre-production yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) that's all i'm thinking of right now um they're hiring another 2d design team lead cool. which is my job so hopefully i won't have to manage so many people and have yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more time for drawing split the load the workload yeah. a bit yeah because yeah, it's quite heavy at the moment but it's it's exciting times ahead like the next two or three years in brown bag are going to be crazy okay um, cool and like the the standard of the stuff is like next level like it's crazy mm. um so it's it's very exciting um so we're creeping up we're nearly at a an hour oh really yeah flown by one thing i wanted to say i I might end up cutting this out it's not even like a comment or anything it's just that um i don't know if you've seen that uh brenda chapman like directed like a live action movie there that's Mm. been released and now i guess she's using i don't know if she's using it but she's doing some sort of like animation live action hybrid weird franchise film that is going to be connected in with a book series for scholastic as well or something bizarre i just saw it mentioned on cartoon brew but it was amazing to see like her history it's like oh and then she went from here to here to here she co-directed prince of egypt then brave then nothing (laughs) it's like oh just such a you know it's such a long road but like sometimes you know you get the you get some 
you know anyway, she's a very interesting person anyway mm-hmm. um so what's the other thing no i think that's it but the last thing we do on this is uh whistle while you work I don't know if you're familiar with the pod, you don't have to be, but we ask people what, if anything, they're listening to while they're working, podcast or music or audiobook or otherwise, you know? So I, I used to listen to podcasts a lot mm. um, and I used to listen to like a lot of true crime podcasts, which yeah. got really disturbing really quickly. And then I listened mm. to like all of Talking Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> which that is, guy's great. Yeah. Oh my God, they're amazing. So it was like they're going so through sweet. each simpsons episode chronologically mm. describing everything which you have to have in a kind of an encyclopedic knowledge yeah, of the yeah. simpsons to follow which i do luckily yeah um i don't really have time to listen to podcasts anymore because i'm running around the place doing so many things and then when yeah. i sit down uh i'm not really laser focused enough yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately Eric, i really really miss podcasts but there you yeah. go um at the moment i'm listening to <laughs> a lot of arctic monkeys like the oh, entire yeah. back catalog um I'm not sure why. It's just nice to kind of have on in the background. I only really came on for AM. What's that one? You know what I'm talking about? Is yeah, it that, yeah. That one, because I was like, you know, when they were like, they kind of were big at a certain point. People were like, oh, I bet you look good on the dance floor, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I kind of really just didn't think all that much of it. But then I was like at Electric Picnic one, one year and uh, they started playing um, uh, Do I Want to Know? And then the whole ground was like vibrating. I was like, this, this is amazing <laughs> I, just something about a real bass you're like yeah, 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 yeah. you know so that was yeah that was where i kind of came on and also uh submarine when alex turner did like soundtrack for that and mm-hmm. that was fucking insane yeah, yeah. is there any song in particular that you're kind of you know leaning towards with them <laughs> um particular song no but i love the entire favorite worst favorite worst nightmare album mm. i listen to that all the time what year was that I have no idea. <laughs> mm. It's the picture of the the. Um, oh, the guy with the. No, no, it's no. it's a, a house and it's got the lights on, and there's all this okay. weird shit inside. Favorite word. I'll look. I'll look it up later. Um, um. And then I also listen to a lot of uh, Western soundtracks. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love Ennio Morricone. I went to see his concert on That's my own so last year. Funny. <laughs> and I was kind of drunk when I went. Yeah. And I was completely alone, and I was I got so emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved. Um, yeah, like, because there's some of the times, like, I don't really go for, like, stuff without lyrics. That's not really... But there is, like... I think that there was, like, a band, and they're very bad, that I listened to when I was... Uh, maybe I shouldn't say they're bad. Maybe I'm just, I'm just ashamed that I liked them at one point. But they were, like, a band that was in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 mm. called Millen Colin. And I used to be obsessed. I used to love them. And I used to listen only exclusively to them. So sometimes when I have like a deadline, um, I just put them on because it puts me in a 16-year-old mind. And you just like, but imagine like if you're doing Western stuff, then you really kind of get into like, well, I'm a like kind of this lone writer or something. It's very encouraging. (laughs) Like there was one time that I I bumped into an ex-boyfriend in the street and we had like this kind of an awkward encounter. But I was like, you know what? fuck you and then as i was walking away i put my headphones back on and la arena by any other was playing and it was so triumphant i walked away feeling unbelievable i'll put that actually that'll we'll play that the episode with that one I yeah guess. that's my favorite if if i ever hear, i want that song played at my funeral after yeah. lowering me into the ground not only because it's a tune but because it will also give me the encouragement to break through the coffin yeah, yeah. if uh, <laughs> if i've accidentally been buried alive yeah yeah um so i guess i'll i'll plug 
I unplug. I'll just say two things. I'll try and do one that I'm listening to at the moment. Listen, I'll look at my recently played and see what I have on I there. I should probably plug Mother Folklore as a podcast. The one that oh, I yeah? draw for. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, my favorite podcast yeah, is yeah. Mother Folklore <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the Headstuff Network. Um, no, yeah. I, I draw for Mother Folklore every week. I've drawn for them for the last two and a half That's years. That's crazy, yeah. Um, they're a great team and the podcast is really entertaining. Even if you're not really into Irish and mm. like you're not like I don't speak it I'm mm. shite at it yeah, yeah but it's just such an interesting podcast and there's such an vast array of topics there's yeah. something for everybody oh I have to I actually haven't listened to much of it Kayla's uh my girlfriend's got the book oh yeah um yeah. is that that's the same thing is it yeah yeah okay, Dar- yeah. Derek the host of the podcast wrote that yeah and I'm too yeah it's another book oh wow crack, crack baby um oh my (laughs) (laughs) i'm a fan of that title but uh but the other one's good um i'll have to get no i'll have to get into it um i have followed the twitter for a while Mm. but i haven't actually gotten into it i guess it's because of yeah that uh, very often with um stuff to do with irish you kind of feel a little intimidated yeah exactly uh, yeah. yeah um my favorite episode is definitely there's one where the guys read um it's like a an erotic fan fiction mm. about a threesome in the Gwaeltucht. Okay. But it's like done by Google Translate. So there's, oh my. there's, so there's stuff about like a difficult rooster, if you can translate that. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, it's, right. I got it now. <laughs> so it's amazing. The whole book uh, is written like that and it's just hilarious. Um okay well i'm looking at my recently listened to i've put on some kimya dawson again there recently i was listening to her today oh really no way yeah, i was listening to her for like the first time in ages yeah i know because i something happened where i was like thinking in my head and I had this thing this kind of she's got this like way of speaking which is very like you know like a drone mm-hmm. and it's very and a lot of times i don't think she has like traditional choruses and stuff mm-hmm. so you kind of just i just had this drone in my head where i was like what the fuck is that i just couldn't remember what it was and then suddenly i remembered it was like it was uh hadlock padlock by kimia dawson mm-hmm. and she there's and also another one on that album is very sad song but very good is anthrax um and that's from my cute fiend uh, i can't read the rest of it my cute fiend sweet princess and i guess one last uh thing we'll say we'll prom- promote for a podcast i just found out about it um it's called Animation Islands. Have you listened to this yet? No. It's apparently, it's done by, I think they're called, let me just look this up again. Um, oh yeah. Meet Your Maker is a podcast, I believe, but they've, they, I don't know whether, I don't know how it's done. I don't know how it's arranged, but I believe it's through the Warren Podcast Network, which is a, a relatively recent podcast network in Ireland and um that's so funny sorry i typed in animation ireland podcast to try and find what it was second one the hacking podcast <laughs> <It's> like, <"Yay!" laughs> but uh but anyhow um the animation island is i believe a, a mini series sort of thing that's like four or five episodes or something to that effect and uh they go do very in-depth um oh, animation i have yeah. heard of this yeah, yeah yeah i did see something about that uh, i think so it'd be interesting yeah and no, it'd be great and they have one uh, about blue stole my idea and also the other stuff uh going on in the animation industry and i think they interview some people who are from kind of contemporary studios or people who have stories from back in the day so that's surely good that'll be in the show notes below so check that out and uh yeah so i guess to round it up uh ennio morricone <laughs> Kim Yard Dawson, um, Mother Folklore and Arctic Animation <laughs> uh, Ireland, Island, and yes, also the Arctic Monkeys.
Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, you can uh, thank. Sorry, I was gonna say you can. I was like gonna say thanks for coming on, and then I realized uh, I'll, I'll do you the can promo thank first. Kristen yourself, thank yeah. Her in the street <laughs> if you see her. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can find us on um, We Are Hack Inc. on most things. We're on, I think we are, our website is www.wearehackinc.com. And then on SoundCloud, we're just Hack Inc. Yeah, where can people find you if you want to be found? Um, I am mainly spouting shit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Kristen Shield Aren't Art. And then on Instagram, it's just Kristen Shield. Um, I don't really use instagram as much though i'm not doing a whole lot of personal work lately sure yeah but i'm posting all the things i'm hanging in my house yeah yeah <laughs> i own some cool art that's by great other people yeah um we have um i have to try and get into instagram and do stuff um i don't know twitter really like got me mm. like because i i was resisting it for ages and then eventually i was convinced to set up an account and now i'm just like in this Oh, it's hard. It's a horrible, but also very uh, thrilling experience to just be getting really angry at strangers online over bullshit. I feel bullshit. like it's slowly turning into what Tumblr became. Really? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. on Tumblr. Oh so man, know. Tumblr back in the day was like what Twitter is now. And no like, way. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Find her on Twitter, I guess. <laughs>